So I think, you know, if someone looking to innovate, uh, I would suggest that you start with something small. Try to find some low-hanging fruit within your team or your business or your company where there is something that, can, uh, that you can get a win, right? So I think showing value and showing the, the improvement will get a, you know, give you the, the, the motivation and encouragement to continue to do more. This is Of Note, a podcast on innovation. I'm Laura McIntosh. And I'm Joseph Nother. Of Note is powered by Scribble, South Carolina Department of Commerce's Office of Innovation. Join us as we talk with some of the most inspirational entrepreneurs, leaders, and scientists across the state as they share their experiences with invention, growth, funding, culture, and creativity. Ever wonder where the phrase content is king originated? In 1996, Microsoft founder Bill Gates published an essay about the future of the internet as a marketplace for content. Content is King was the title of that essay. The fact that you discover this episode or are listening to this podcast right now is a striking testament to the veracity of his claims. Whether you are a casual content creator or someone who works in the marketing industry or frankly simply just use the internet, I suggest you take the five minutes to read his essay. With a lens of over 25 years of lived history since then, you will be acutely struck by how accurate and prescient his prognostications were. In it, he says this, and I quote, Content is where I expect much of the real money will be made on the internet, just as it was in broadcasting. The television revolution that began half a century ago spawned a number of industries, including the manufacturing of TV sets. But the long-term winners were those who used the medium to deliver information and entertainment. Since that essay, we've been through generations of evolution on the internet. Social media hit the scene and popped off in the mid-2000s. Apple's millennial renaissance ushered in the proliferation of smartphones and tablets, they of course being the very tools that make content consumption and creation possible. YouTube was launched in 2005 allowing for easy online video sharing and viewing by anyone. According to Wikipedia, another great example of user-generated content, YouTube has more than 1 billion monthly users who collectively watch more than 1 billion hours of videos each day. As of May 2019, videos were being uploaded at a rate of more than 500 hours of content per minute. Back in 2017, people generated more data in a second than could fit on an old floppy disk, which, if you don't remember, was around 1.3 megabytes. In 2018, 8 out of 10 young adults had taken a photograph or a selfie of themselves and uploaded it to a social media platform. Today, Gen Z spends an average of just under 11 hours a week watching short clips on TikTok. I could go on and on. The point is that Mr. Gates was so very right. Humans are hardwired for stories and narratives. We're hardwired to create them, tell them, and share them. It's the glue that connects everyone on this planet and the internet manifests that condition. Understanding the magnitude of this is the perspective needed to really understand the conversation with Jonathan DeRocher, the Chief Information and Security Officer at Red Ventures. You see, Red Ventures was founded in South Carolina back in 1999, about three years after Gates posted his essay. Their initial focus and growth was in traditional broadcast content, but in 2008, 
with the acquisition of Modern Consumer, and then with subsequent online acquisitions, they pivoted to the model that they have today. They describe themselves as the purveyor of integrated marketplaces, or websites that dispense news, advice, and reviews. Sound familiar? In 2020, they purchased CNET for $500 million, and three months later, Lonely Planet, an online travel review and planning website. Red Ventures publishes on over 100 news and info sites a day. They produce 130,000 content pieces a year, and they engage 750 million unique website visitors per month. Mr. Gates ended his essay with this sentence. Those who succeed will propel the internet forward as a marketplace of ideas, experiences, and products. A marketplace of content. Clearly, they have heeded this advice and are succeeding beyond their wildest dreams. Let's listen to JD to learn more about how they make things work. So my name is Jonathan DeRochers. I go by JD. And my title is Executive Vice President here at Red Ventures. I lead our corporate technology team. So I went to school at UNC Charlotte and I received a degree in management information systems. And while I was in college, I did an internship at a small web development company. I spent a few years there. Uh, and then in 2004, I was looking for something different and I found Red Ventures. Uh, I started as a senior web developer here and over the last 16 years, we've had tremendous growth, which has created some great opportunities for me to continue to take on additional responsibility. And now I lead our corporate technology team. Our team provides a lot of the shared services that are used throughout Red Ventures, including our help desk and our knock, a lot of our systems engineering teams, our enterprise architecture, and information security. Humble beginnings for a humble man. But his role today, well, it's anything but. Red Ventures is a huge brand. So at Red Ventures, we help consumers make life's most important decisions. And we do that through premium content and customized online experiences. And we help consumers in some of their most important areas like health, wealth, financial services, entertainment, technology, and education. We do this through many consumer-facing websites, and we have digital uh, applications as well that our consumers interact with. Over the last 20 years, Red Ventures has built a portfolio of online brands to help consumers make these important life decisions. While many people may not have heard of Red Ventures, you've probably heard of the brands that we operate as. And some of those brands include Bankrate, The Points Guy, CNET, and Lonely Planet. But let's humanize what Red Ventures does even more. So here's an example of how we help consumers. You may be on the market for a new digital camera that you want to take with you on your next trip. Uh, you may search for best camera reviews, and likely you're going to find one of our articles on CNET where we reviewed the popular cameras that are out there in the market. So we're helping you make the best decision for the camera to purchase. In terms of travel, you may be wanting to plan a post-pandemic vacation and you want to find a way that you can best utilize all those miles that you have. Well, you may search for uh, how to maximize my miles, you're likely going to find articles that we've written on the points guy that will help you make the best use of those miles. As JD mentioned, there are a lot of brands under Red Ventures roof. Make that multiple roofs. After all, we had this conversation on the company's massive, sprawling, multi-building campus. 
But JD says that startup mentality and energy never went away. Yeah, so the culture at Red Ventures, it's definitely a startup culture. We're definitely a very fast-paced, growing company. There's, you know, when our office is filled with people, there's tons of energy that you can kind of feel and it drives and motivates you to, to uh, continue to go forward. It's uh, very infectious. Everyone is extremely passionate about what they do and driven for success. And we have lots of diverse teams that are working closely together to achieve that success. So as we think about some of our individual business units, uh, it's a mixture of content creators, it's a mixture of uh, engineers and front-end developers to help bring a meaningful experience to the consumer, uh, as well as an excellent marketing team to help drive traffic to our sites. And the only way they can achieve something like that is by organizing its business units like individual companies. Red Ventures operates as 20, 30, you know, many different startups. So in terms of how we organize, we're organized in a collection of business units. Uh, and the idea behind that is how can we try to operate as small as we can, even though Red Ventures continues to grow. So it's how do we scale and continue to maintain that speed and culture and passion that we've had that's made us successful versus having all of our professionals who have the same skills working in the same group. Instead, we're organized so that we have the, the teams that work on our financial services work together, or teams that work on education work together to, to continue to have that kind of small company feel. When we walked the Red Ventures campus, well, first of all, it was an adventure to kind of get in there. But when we walked in, I remember just taking in and soaking in all of the architectural features because the place it was just the height of corporate innovation, innovation. yeah vibrancy the colors the walls all had um what looked like you know environmental graffiti art or some other uh, style of you know very trendy yes yes that's really silicon the, valley inspired. yeah well then see that's where i was going with that it, it, it felt like we stepped on to a set uh, you know, Silicon Valley in South Carolina. Um, and, uh, you know, and it was, but, but it was all, what was, what was also surreal was the fact that there was no one there at that moment because of the pandemic. Um, and so, you know, I know they're now back and, and doing things in the, you know, safe and secure way, but, um, but, you know, and of course they do talk quite a bit about how they've had to, uh, become, uh, more distributed and remote in their or hybrid in their in their approach. Um, I, I do I do hope that campuses like that don't go away because you can definitely tell at one point when when before the pandemic when you had all those people there, all those cross functional teams all engaging and intermingling and doing their thing. There was magic happening. There was magic happening there. Yeah, and that was obvious when we went through that. If you're interested in the pursuit of innovation, visit us at scribblesc.com for exclusive video interviews, news from around the state, and a comprehensive list of resources to advance your ideas. That's scribblesc.com. Good people means good teams, and good teams means a good company. So there's definitely a war for talent. So I think this, you know, trying to have a multifaceted approach to acquiring talent. Internships gives us an opportunity to meet folks and understand, you know, their aptitude, attitude, 
their willingness to learn. In some cases, we make offers to our interns before they even go back to school for when they graduate. I think internships are critical to getting some of that early experience, getting your start in some type of work in your field so that you can you know, have that experience to get started in your first job. So I think internship at a small company is, is a great way to get started. With a smaller company, you have the opportunity to work on a lot of different things versus starting at an inter internship at a larger company, you may focus on one area. So it may be web development only versus having an opportunity to do, in my case, a mixture of web development and IT operations. And JD parlayed that quick hitting multi-focus experience into a great role at RV. I've had an incredible opportunity here at Red Ventures. So starting out as a senior web developer, where I focused on the skills that I had gained, you know, in college and through through my internship. And then from there, continuing to grow into a leader and needing to learn those skills to be successful. So, you know, changing from being focused solely on an individual contributor, so just the work that I'm doing myself, to trying to be a force multiplier and helping to take those skills and help grow, develop, mentor others. So force multiplier is, you know, if I worked 40 hours a week and that's the amount of time that I spent here, that's the amount of work that I'm gonna be able to do. Now I might be able to crank that up and work all the way to 24 hours a day. I might kill myself doing that. Uh, but that's, you know, I can only do as much as I can do myself. If I can take my knowledge, skills, and help motivate and grow others, well then now I have the ability to have four, eight, or 10 people that will be able to work 40 hours a week every week and the amount of work that we can get done is significantly greater. From intern to contributor to senior developer to corporate leader. How did I, I transition from being an individual contributor to a leader? I think it's, it's definitely skills that I learned along the way. So I did build on the experience that I gained from college, uh, some initial kind of management training but I have learned, it's been on the job training, uh, learning as I go, learning by making mistakes and learning what's not working to continue to get better. I have had you know, great bosses at my time here at Red Ventures as well that have been great supporters and helping me learn new skills and new ways of thinking about things. Uh, Red Ventures offers a management training program as well that I participated in. Uh, so tr try to help new managers uh, learn the skills and thinking that they need to have to be successful. And the learning never ends on all of these things, right? Especially in technology. In order for us to continue to stay relevant, we have to continue to learn. And I think it's the same thing about being a great leader is we need to continue to challenge ourselves to think differently and learn uh, different techniques to continue to motivate and grow our teams. Being an experienced professional doesn't make you a leader. And these days, it can be more difficult than ever to lead. My leadership has definitely evolved over the you know, 16 years or so that I've been leading people. As Red Ventures continues to grow, our workforce is not only here in South Carolina. Our workforce is now spread out across the globe. So the, the skills of leading teams that are here locally are different than the skills that we need to continue to grow uh, to lead teams that are global. And I think the pandemic is also having an impact on that. The world that we knew before the pandemic is not gonna be the world when we return to the post-pandemic world. So we are gonna to continue to see a more hybrid workforce. We're gonna see more of our employees who opt to be remote and that could be working from anywhere. And that's gonna to continue to challenge us as leaders to make sure that those teammates continue to feel included 
and feel like they're being part of a team. I think traits of a great leader include being a great listener, somebody who works hard, egoless, humble, and has a great ability to motivate and, and grow their team. So I love how JD's just you know shared with us sort of his experience and path to where he is today. Because um, to me, it just it speaks to just how people really do make it in the technology or, or specifically to him, the software development kind of role. And and it's especially hearing that from somebody that sits within a big corporate entity like a Red Ventures with thousands of employees, that can be hard for maybe someone that's just getting started, sort of hard to understand where do you even begin. And um, for me, you know, I think we've talked about here in the past, you know, we've, we've had a project called SC Codes that was all about just helping individuals, you know, adults, you know, just start experimenting with the idea of having a career in technology. It doesn't necessarily have to be a software developer per se, um, but I would argue for good and bad, you know, everything where we touch is a connected device. And so just having an appreciation, understanding of what, how that actually works, you know, we, I would almost call it, it's like we need to teach digital literacy, just like we teach people how to read and write for basically the same reasons. But Anyways, but like right now, you know, SC Codes has done so phenomenally well, but they're, you know, right now it's kind of like, I kind of wish confetti would happen on the screen after someone finishes all the curriculum that's there, because right now there's no tangible next step. But but now with with some partners, um, they have worked along with industry, like like with like a Red Ventures to develop something that they now call Develop Carolina. And, you know, it, it's not required for somebody to have gone through SC Codes first, but you know, in theory, it's a next step. It's a pipeline for it. And it is a real life fellowship program for individuals that have finished some kind of uh, coding curriculum to now be placed with industry like a Red Ventures. Um, the corporate partner will pay them. This is not, you know, I, I, I don't think they, I don't know, I haven't actually come across an intern that's not paid anymore. But regardless, the, the industry partner will actually pay uh, for this intern's time. And then they will also spend time as a collective cohort, um, getting getting some additional skills and training from the Develop Carolina program itself. And so what we're really excited about this is that one, this has been a collaborative effort with industry to make sure that this kind of program aligns with the types of talent that somebody like a, a, a JD needs. Um, and he, and he, I mean, that the Red Ventures is a large enterprise right i mean they're 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 employing hundreds of developers i would think so i mean their overall organization is definitely in the thousands maybe thousands yes yeah so they have a strong pipeline they have a need that they need from a tech talent standpoint or talent is the biggest commodity right now it's what people it's what corporates are fighting over and even small businesses are fighting over um and especially the tech talent and in the wake of covid where people literally can work from anywhere now now it's it's like yes that's opened up opportunities for big businesses like red vendors but at the same time it almost makes it overwhelming where where do you start looking for and finding that talent because you're not bound by a geographic fence anymore now it's the globe is your talent pool which where do you even begin with sourcing so um so anyways i just i i, I loved hearing from you know, somebody that's sitting with an industry right now, one, just again, like their path, what their experience was like, which included a really strong internship experience. And now, you know, with partners, the state SC codes and an organization called um, the Council on Competitiveness have now delivered a, a great next step in the progression for talent that wants to have and aspires to have a career in technology under this Developed Carolina program. 
Yeah, and it's great to hear about that, Laura, because the you know we've even just with this season, I think you know with AJ Rikiki and others, we we've heard quite a bit about the need for tech Ta- talent. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all looking for uh, those uh, those people. If if someone were interested in what you were talking about, where could they learn more? So anybody that's you know in South Carolina and is interested in learning more and actually applying for the fellowship program, they should just go to developcarolina.org. That's, that's simple. So what does JD recommend to people to help them become a great leader? Uh, I think there's a, there's a few things. So one, it's continuing to be humble and understand areas where you can improve, then trying to hyper-focus on those things. So leveraging le- learning opportunities that uh, become available. That may be reading articles, watching online videos. It can be getting a mentor. So trying to find somebody who excels in a skill that you're trying to grow or I'm trying to grow. Ask for tips and advice to improve. Uh, and the last piece I would say is awareness. So continuing to you know, ask for feedback and, and even let your team know, hey, this is something I'm trying to improve on. Please give me feedback along the way of what's working, what's not working. In terms of you know, how do you find a mentor? Well, I think the first step is try to identify someone who excels in a skill that you're trying to grow. And then you know, reach out to them and ask them, say, hey, this is, there's an area that I'm trying to grow in that I think that you excel in, and I'd love to spend some time with you on a you know, once a month basis or once a week basis to just bounce ideas off of and learn uh, and, and gain their perspective. In, in terms of you know, leadership skills, I, I think there are leaders that it comes naturally to. Uh, there's, a, there's a large group of people like that. But I think the majority of people like myself have learned the skills along the way. So that is through you know, education and training, as well as you know, seeking feedback, working with mentors, but you know, continuing to grow those skills over time through experiences. And some of those are, are good experiences of things that you learn that have gone well and experiences where you may have made a mistake and you learn. Making a mistake and learning from it isn't just vitally important in the tech industry, but to everyone. It's one of the major themes of this series, after all. But JD underscored how Red Ventures embraces learning from mistakes. Yeah, so I would say, you know, Red Ventures, we are a, a feedback culture. So we not only do we do feedback through our annual review process, which we do twice a year. We have our full annual reviews that we do at the beginning of the year, and we have kind of a mid-year check-in. And really the goals of that is to understand the areas that you're doing well. So what are the things that you should keep doing, as well as what are the opportunities that you have to improve? And those are the things that are actually most impactful. At least to me, I have found those to be most impactful because sometimes you know the things that you need to work on, sometimes you don't know. And uh, getting that perspective from your manager, your peers, will continue to help you grow. While mistakes and failures aren't one and the same, failure is certainly one of the greatest learning tools. So I I think uh, failure is definitely something that's important. Uh, If you're not failing, then you're not understanding your true potential. And that may be yourself in terms of kind of your skills of where you might be today, or even technology or other things that you may be uh, innovating or implementing. That's where you're gonna understand, you know, where where you may have uh, challenges. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have failed, you know, countless numbers of times. Uh, I think some of the, the great examples uh, learning earlier in my career uh, as a software developer. So I would create software or d- deploy a new feature and it didn't work or even in some terrible scenarios, it would take down our production environment. And you learn from those. Uh, and you learn what do you need to do to make sure that that kind of thing doesn't happen again. 
And it's interesting because you still want to balance that speed with being able to get things done and move things forward, uh, but making sure you put the right guardrails in place to help make sure that you're uh, generally going up and to the right. As, as, a, as a software developer, you are getting feedback along the way of what's working and what's not working in your craft. So your code's either running or your code's not running. And as you continue to kind of grow as a leader, you may not be getting that real-time feedback in that same manner. Uh, so it becomes important for you to kind of seek that in other ways. And of course, failure can often lead to innovation. So I define innovation as doing something new. And that may be Im improving a business process. That might be implementing new technology. It might be creating or inventing something new. So the approach to innovation at RV, we're innovating every day, uh, and we have to continue to innovate. Uh, if, you know, I think if companies are not innovating, then their competitors are going to be innovating, and you will ultimately be disrupted. Uh, so, you know, there's, um, you know, always a constant push on getting better every day, and that's both us individually as people, but I think it's also. The, the, as, a, as a company. We need to continue to get better and we need to continue to grow. So I think some of that goes back into how we're organized. So, you know, instead of acting as one company and we've continued to grow over time, sometimes that massive growth may create more bureaucracy and other things that will slow you down. We've instead opted for having a more, uh, you know, a collection of smaller entities that will allow us to continue to have that speed and innovation. From, during uh, different periods of time, we have had some designated innovation teams, uh, but generally innovation is everyone's responsibility, every team's responsibility. Typically, if there's a need for something new, we may choose to create a team to hyper-focus on that and help us get it off the ground. And then once it becomes sustainable, then it's something that we will spread out into the rest of our business units. And that's, that's been a, a repeated pattern here. Company-wide innovation. Why not silo it into just an R&D team? So I think a challenge of innovating with an R&D team only is oftentimes they don't have all the context. So we may be able to help give them the information that they need to get something started, um, but that's not going to be a sustainable model over time. I think it also doesn't necessarily create the environment that everybody wants to be a part of. These may be coveted teams or roles that everybody wants to be a part of, and there can only be a few people there for that team to be successful. There's been several examples within Red Ventures where we have innovated as part of a team. Uh, so for example, we have our, our data science team, and we started that out centralized, where we needed to build some of those capabilities and, and think about how we're going to solve that at Red Ventures. And as that team became successful, they became a bottleneck. And uh, the teams you know, were waiting for them to get their projects prioritized. So at that point, we decided to decentralize that team. Uh, so each of our industry groups, the way that our business is organized today, they have those expertise within the team so that those smaller teams can then prioritize, innovate, and leverage that technology. So for all of our technical listeners, we had to dive into the Red Ventures approach to creating and building at this scale, all while focusing on innovation. RV takes an agile technical project management approach. So Red Ventures, we are definitely an agile company at, at large. Uh, so we definitely take an iterative approach to things. And I think that's really the spirit of agile is how do you break that work down into smaller pieces where that value can be shown along the way instead of waiting till the perfected product is available and then we see how it goes. That's just, that's not the way that we operate. We like to take very small 
Uh, we like to make lots of small changes versus a uh, few really big changes. Uh, so, I mean, my team supports all of our end users. So like our ability to kind of move into work from home world, it definitely, a lot of that fell on our team's shoulders. When the pandemic started, our agility was put to the test. Uh, so in just, you know, 24 hours kind of notice, uh, all of Red Ventures, all 4,000 of our employees globally uh, started working from home. And I think, you know, there were a couple of bumps along the way as we transitioned into the work from home environment that we worked through quickly, but ultimately Red Ventures was well positioned to, to move into this environment. And I think that that's a testament to Red Ventures culture, that's our people and the flexibility that we have uh, and that we bring every day, uh, as well as the technology. So all of our employees had laptops prior to the pandemic. Uh, because we wanted to enable people to work from home or from other offices or anywhere before, and that played very well into the success of moving into the pandemic. Finally, we couldn't sit down with the chief information security officer at a global company and not ask, what aspects of technology are exciting him the most? Yeah, so in technology, I'm super excited about what's ahead. So I'm super passionate about technology. I love technology. Uh, I think the advancements in healthcare have been huge. Uh, I think the pandemic has showed us, you know, or that was at least a catalyst to show, you know, the, the hard work that's been done for the last many years to prepare us for a pandemic. So the fact that we had a vaccine out in record time is just amazing, right? And I think uh, that shows that there's still lots of potential in healthcare to continue to improve, you know, our lives every day. Uh, I'm excited about the future of electric cars and autonomous vehicles. It'll be interesting to see, you know, what does that look like? How does that play out? Um, you know, I have a nine-year-old son. Is he going to get a driver's license? You know, how far away is it truly that maybe we're not all driving the cars and it's a different, uh, there may be some other kind of arrangement. Um, I love smart home. Uh, I have been a kind of a smart home geek for you know, a long, long time since I bought my first uh, house. Uh, and, you know, it looked forward to the advancements uh, in that technology as well. Companies need to continue to embrace technology uh, in order to continue to be relevant and to support the future of our workforce. Uh, I think post-pandemic, we're going to see many companies, including Red Ventures, that are going to operate in more of a hybrid work environment where we have uh, employees that work in the office maybe every day, or we may have employees that work in the office three days a week. We're also gonna have employees that choose to work from a remote location. And I think technology is what's gonna allow us to continue to be successful. Uh, I think during the pandemic, we saw the impact of Zoom and Teams and all the you know, video conferencing technologies that are out there and how that enabled us to continue to co collaborate and communicate with each other. Uh, I think a testament to that is during the pandemic is when Red Ventures did the acquisition with CNET, CMG, C CNET Media Group. Uh, and we did all the negotiating, all the due diligence, and all the integration work has all been done over video conferencing. So there has not been any live visits to any of our locations prior to that transaction. My name is Jonathan DeRocher, and those were my notes on innovation. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review. Join us on LinkedIn or Facebook at Scribble Innovation. And don't forget, sign up for our newsletters. Special thanks to my co-host, Laura McIntosh, the Managing Director of the South Carolina Department of Commerce's Office of Innovation. 
I'm Joseph Nuther, co-founder of Design Sensory and PopFizz. Additional thanks to our team, producer and editor Hunter Foster, sound engineers Mike Deering and Samuel Thomas, original music by Matt Honkinen, with additional support from Tia Nelson, Sarah Plemons, Ronnie Wilson, Robin Hendricks, and Lexi Williams. This interview fittingly marks a wrap of Of Note Season 3. On behalf of Laura, Hunter, and the many other folks who put time and effort into this program, I want to thank you for listening, watching, and following our content. Season 4 is shaping up to be absolutely fantastic, and we're excited at getting back to meeting with innovators in the coming months. In the interim, we will also be debuting a short run of snackable, bite-sized episodes before the Season 4 debut, so make sure you follow us on social channels for more information. We hope we've helped educate and inspire you to pursue your transformational ideas. See you soon. <laughs>